0: This month, uh, our topic is the Holy Spirit. And I know Chris did an awesome job. I was listening and it was so great. He was preaching. (laughs) He he was preaching and, you know, God gives us all different gifts. Bible said in James, uh, many administrations but one spirit. Amen. So I'm just going to do my thing. (laughs) I'm going to do my thing. Amen. But I was, so, I was so happy to see that, that, you know, the church does not depend on what... He says, the gates of hell shall not prevail. So today we're going to kind of go back to basics about the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit. Amen. Romans 8, 9 says, but ye are not in the flesh, but in the spirit. If, if there's a condition there to being in the spirit. If so be that the spirit of God dwell in you. Now, if any man have not the spirit of Christ, he is none of his. He is none of his. I'm going to ask you all a question. How do you know God loves you? All good answers. Come on, I want to hear some more. How do? Someone said, because he wakes me up this morning. His word says... He died for us. Nobody has said the answer yet I'm looking for. All of that is true. Anymore. How do you know God loves you, Sister Mary? For his love, yes. I don't think any of you are going to say the answer I'm looking for today. He died for us. Say that again, Sister Deborah. He dwells in us. Anymore, there's one big thing you've all missed. That's been said. The Lord showed me this and it hit me. When He punishes us, He chastises those He loves. Have you ever heard people say, that's how you know God loves us, because when he beats me? (laughs) But that's what the word says. I chastise those that I love. You may not have thought about that, but if you're going through some stuff, maybe God is showing you his love. Because he says, if you didn't belong to him, he wouldn't care. He wouldn't care. So I want you to think about that because sometimes we ignore that method of God's love. Isn't that true? None of you gave me that answer. But it explicitly says, I chastise those I love. The proof that God loves you, one of the proofs is not just the Holy Spirit in you, not just all those things that he died for you, but that sometimes he gives you correction. Think about that. Sometimes it's in those times we think God doesn't love us. He's what he's actually saying. I love you. That's why I am trying to change your direction. I'm trying to put you in a different mode. The scripture here is saying that if, if so be that the spirit of God dwell in you, then you are his. But if you don't have the spirit of God, you're none of his. That's a pretty harsh statement, but it's the word of God. You'd have to tear that out the Bible. If you don't like that one. I didn't say that. So you are only his sealed if you're filled with the Spirit. Now that doesn't mean he doesn't want everyone to be sealed and filled with the Spirit. It certainly does. So let's look at this, this scripture today. Matthew three eleven. This was John the Baptist. He was the forerunner, the voice in the wilderness. You know that's what we are supposed to be Today. The voice in the wilderness proclaiming the coming of the Lord. That's right. To make straight the crooked, crooked ways. That's what preaching is about. It's got several ele- elements, right? It's the good news, but it's also to those who are saints, sometimes correction. Sometimes we have to make the crooked straight. John said, I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance. But he that cometh after me is mightier than I, whose shoes... I am not worthy to bear. He shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. So the Holy Spirit is a baptism. Amen. And the, in, in this scripture in Matthew, uh, John the Baptist was saying it's, a, it's, it's a, a baptism of a Holy Ghost with fire. There's going to be, have to be some change. We're going to look at the nature of the Holy Spirit today and, and to really see if we're really um, getting all the benefits Sometimes we sign up for stuff and we don't get the benefits. You know, you sign up for a gym and you don't go. (laughs) You know what? You're not getting any benefits. I've signed up for a lot of things. And sometimes you have to go through your check and say, why am I paying for that? I never use that thing. You know, you might sign up for a subscription, or so you you were talking, and they put you down for a subscription, and you've been paying, you know, eleven ninety five for ten months, and you never once read that magazine. But the Holy Ghost today is not like a subscription. We need to understand the benefits, what God has given us, so that we can use it. The Holy Spirit was something that God promised. Remember what I've taught in the past that Adam was 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 created with god's spirit in in chapter two it says god breathed, and man became a living soul he took the spirit the the soul of man that he had made in chapter one and he put it into a fleshly vessel and then he covered it with his spirit and that's what made adam a son of god but you know what happened they disobeyed and they killed that's you can kill the spirit. The very psalm that uh, Brother Joe read this morning, David said, take not thy Holy Spirit from me. What a sad thing if God takes his spirit from you. In Hebrews it says, there remaineth no more remission because you, you crucified him again. So it's something that once we have that thing, we should, we should take care not to grieve the Holy Spirit, the Bible says. We can grieve the Holy Spirit by being disobedient, by not listening, by not valuing what we have. Esau, he was the heir. He, all he had to do was a few things right. That's all he had to do was a few. Value is inheritance. Sometimes we do not value our inheritance because it came easily for us. But for him it cost Calvary. Amen. Amen. This promise was foretold in the Old Testament that God's plan to make us once sons of God would be coming again. And we can find it in many scriptures. I've just chosen this one in Ezekiel 36:24, For I will take you from among the heathen and gather you out of all countries and will bring you into your own land. Then I will sprinkle clean water on you. That's a symbol of baptism. And he shall be clean From all your filthiness and from all your idols will I cleanse you. And a new heart also will I give you. And a new spirit will I put in you. And I will take away the stony heart out of your flesh. And I will give you a heart of flesh. Someone find for me John chapter 3 starting from verse 3. I want to point out something to you. It's the conversation that Jesus had with Nicodemus. And if you really read it carefully, Nicodemus didn't say anything. (laughs) But Jesus was reading his mind. He knew why he came. Someone could read that out for me. Uh, Starting at John chapter 3, verse 3. Jesus answered and said unto him, him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except Except a man be born again. He cannot see the kingdom of God. Keep reading. Nicodemus said unto him, How can a man be born when he is old? can old? Can Can he enter the second time into his mother's womb and be born? Keep reading. Verily, verily, or truly, truly, I say unto thee, except a man be born of the water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. Now, this next verse is the one I want you to notice. Read on. That which is born of flesh is flesh, and that which is born of spirit is spirit. Keep reading. Don't be surprised that I said unto you, you must be born again. Keep reading. The wind blows where it wants to. And thou hearest the sound thereof. thereof, But cannot tell from whence it comes. You can't can't really um, truly understand where the wind goes because it changes direction. It's blowing all over the place. Keep going. And whether it goeth, so is everyone, no exceptions, that is born of the Spirit. Keep reading. Nicodemus answered and said unto him, How can these things be? Now, does everyone know who Nicodemus was? He was a a high-up official. He was a a learned individual. In fact, he was a lawyer. He was part of the ruling Sanhedrin, the the Council of Seventy. Now, Jesus Ask him next a question. Keep going. Amen. Stop there. Jesus asked him a question. In your position, being who you are, how come you don't know this? Do you know what Jesus was implying? That this promise was already written in scripture. And what I, I read all of that to show you that if, if he had had the understanding in Ezekiel 36, it tells him that there, about the new birth baptism, I will sprinkle clean water upon you and cleanse you and I will give you a new and uh, put a new spirit in you. Jesus was saying, listen, if you had understood the scriptures, you would know this. How come you don't know this? sometimes we read but without the understanding hopefully if we've been coming to church and studying like the bible tells us we will not be in this position where jesus says how come you don't know this how come you don't know that i punish those i love (laughs) how come you're not aware of that because i told you you weren't listening so instead of instead of running away from jesus you run to a, a little child you can punish them and what will they do they run to you. That's what he wants. See, that's what he wants. And he was telling Nicodemus, listen, how come you don't know this? This is not something I just dreamed up. I've been telling you the whole time all through scripture that I was going to do that. This is my plan of salvation. This is how I'm going to make mankind back a son. Bible says Jesus came to reconcile the world unto himself. The way he's going to do it is by once again covering us with his spirit this month as i said before in the hebrews name is sivan and it means the covering isn't that amazing god god arranged all of this to show us he put all the little breadcrumbs to show us because it was on the day of pentecost which today they celebrate on the sixth day of sivan about a week or two weeks ago the holy spirit came the bible says there came a sound that fulfilled what he told nicodemus the sound the first thing that happens when a baby is born, they're listening for the, that first breath. If they don't get that, they start suctioning, they start patting the baby. They want to hear a sound. There will be a sound with this thing that comes called the Holy Spirit because you are being born. It was the thing that God messed up, took away the unified language. And so that's why he's given it back in the Tower of Babel. He came down and he changed the language. So there was confusion so that he couldn't understand. This new Holy Spirit thing that comes is supposed to take away that confusion to bring us back into the pure language that we can speak. The Bible says he will give, us, make us groanings. You ever groaned when you didn't know what to say? You didn't know how you're going to deal with the situation? The Bible says that the Holy Spirit has given us as an intercessor to make intercession. We should let the Holy Spirit pray through us. He says, I will put my spirit within you, verse 27, and cause you to walk in my statutes, and he shall keep my judgments and do them. This was not something new. Of course, Peter on the day of Pentecost, he had to, he had to bring up scripture to show them this. He had to re-educate them of things that they had missed that was in the Old Testament. You understand that the New Testament church did not have the New Testament <laughs> They had to preach and teach Jesus from the Old Testament. See, we should be even more powerful. Because not only do we have the Old Testament, but we have the benefit of the New Testament. But the early church, the the, epistles and all of that wasn't written. They had to preach and teach Jesus from the Old Testament. And you know what? They did it. They did it. Look at this. In Joel 2.28, it says, "...and it shall come to pass afterwards..." And afterwards it means, it wasn't revealed there, but it was after his death and resurrection, that I will pour out my spirit, it's his spirit, upon all flesh and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, your old men shall dream dreams, your young men shall see visions. Amen. I don't dream too much, or at least usually I'm so tired. If I do dream, I don't remember it. If I remember it, it must be something because I don't remember it. But I told you that about seven, eight years ago, I was here on a Thursday night and the Lord showed me uh, a vision. And I, I told you this several times. I saw like it was snowing in here, but it wasn't snow. It was like gold flakes. And it came to me. The Lord was telling me there's going to be an outpouring. It's going to come down. See, this thing called the Holy Spirit was not a permanent indwelling as we can have today. In the Old Testament, God moved on certain people, but it was only temporary because the the, the penalty for sin had not been paid. So the Bible says that in the Old Testament, the Holy Spirit moved upon people, but it was not a permanent thing that they could always have. Now, most times you travel around the country, you take your phone with you, right? Right? Uh, a few places you go. Sometimes you get into spots where there's no service. Up by the campground in Shawano up there, there are some spots there where we ran. We, we we went there one night and we had the GPS, and then we lost all the service. And we were in some backcountry roads, driving round and round and round for about an hour, lost <laughs> because the days of taking. You remember when you had to buy a map? Some of you remember having a map and you had someone tell you, okay, you go down here, you go to this highway, then you turn. You know, we've forgotten them days. (laughs) The Holy Spirit should be our map. And unlike the GPS, if you make sure you can't lose a signal, wherever you are, you can call upon the name of the Lord and he will answer you. But in the Old Testament, it wasn't like that. They could go into areas where the Holy Spirit wasn't there. And we see this probably in 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 some of the, the books of Joshua and Judges that God moved upon people at certain times. The Spirit came upon people for certain specific tasks. Let's look at that in Judges 6.34. But the Spirit of the Lord came upon Gideon and empowered him to lead those people to victory. In Judges 11.39, then the Spirit of the Lord came upon Jephthah. And he went out and won a a great victory. And of course, the most famous was probably Samson. People think of Samson as some big Hulk looking man, but he probably wasn't. He probably looked like a puny person, you know. Oh, well, maybe not puny, but he didn't look like some, you know, beefcake guy. <laughs> Shall I tell you what makes the difference? It's the Holy Spirit. It's the Holy Spirit. When the Holy Spirit comes upon you, it can give you boldness. I know I used the term from the 50s, didn't I? They don't use that word Beefcake. <laughs> I don't, buff, buff then, maybe buff. I don't know what the right term is. I'm an old person now. I don't, I I, I should have asked some of the young people, what's the right word? Built? I don't know what, but buff, okay. Beefcake is like, (laughs) that's 50 years ago, isn't it? All right. Maybe I used the wrong word, forgive me. <laughs> but this, this gentleman, Samson, what made him different was the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit can make someone who looks weak strong. That's what Paul said in Second in Corinthians twelve, says, When I'm weak, then I'm strong. This is one of the purposes of the Holy Spirit is not so we go out and try and do stuff in our strength, because we will fail. We will be a disaster. But it's at that time that we rest upon the Holy Spirit and trust Him. And this only works if you have faith. The Bible says, don't come to God. The person who comes to God must believe that He is. That He is. That He exists. That He is there. That He is real. That He can help. That He can deliver. That He can heal. That He can lift up. That He can... Put down your enemies. You've got to believe that. And if you do, don't come to him in any other way. The only way God responds is to faith. Not to crying. Not to tears. Not to your situation. He responds to your faith. And so because of that, the one thing Satan wants to take away is your faith. But I want to tell you, if you feel you're being punished it means God loves you. (laughs) If you're going through some stuff, it means God's, it's the opposite of what Satan's telling you. Amen. And I just threw that in, had nothing to do with the lesson, but it just hit me when I was out in Colorado and I was feeling miserable (laughs) and put (laughs) apart. And I said, you know, the Lord said, you know, I punish those I love. (laughs) And it hit me with a new revelation. It hit me with a new revelation. So I'm going to change my ways. Amen. 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 Let's look at this. Spirit of the Lord came upon Gideon. The Spirit of the Lord came upon Jephthah. Judges 13, 24. And the woman bare a son and called his name Samson. And the child grew and the Lord blessed him. I tell you what, if you have the blessing of the Lord, you don't need anyone, anything. And there's nothing anyone or anything can do if you are blessed. I've been living on a word from my mother for almost 50-something years. I told you my story when I was, when I was eight years old and we were coming, around, coming home from church one Sunday night. And she just turned around in the car. She pointed to me and she said, you are blessed and shall be blessed. What an awesome thing to receive from your mother. And I was small enough and foolish enough to believe it. (laughs) So I believe it. You can't hurt me as long as I'm obedient to God. Because the spirit is our covering. The spirit is our covering. We see that as a little child... God had told his mother some things. I'm going to use this little baby here. So there's some things you got to make sure you do. You got to raise him up in the right way so that my spirit, when it's ready, he don't have to get cleaned up. The spirit can just, a lot of trouble with us. Before God can do anything with us, we got to go through a process. The reason why the spirit could just move on Samson is because from a child, he had been brought up in so that his flesh was ready we before we, we get anything done from god we got to go pray and and get go through all this thing of repenting and getting ourselves right samson his mother had been given some instructions so that he was a ready vessel a ready that'd be a good title for a message a ready vessel <laughs> a ready vessel that's the reason why the spirit could just move on him when the when the philistines he didn't have to go through 10 days of fasting now even the high priest that's what they had to do before they could officiate they had to go into the, in the temple before the day of atonement seven days and get himself ready because he had to make sure he was undefiled so that god could use it when the holy spirit comes it seals our soul we should be instant in season paul says we should be always ready that the Holy Spirit can use us. The scripture says that in Judges 13, the woman bare a son and called his name Samson, and the child grew and the Lord blessed him. I tell you, that's such an amazing thing. If the Lord blesses you, if the Lord chooses you, all you have to do is respond. All you have to do is respond. And the Spirit of the Lord began to move on him. As he grew up to, to the age where God was ready, the Spirit of the Lord would move on him. At times in the camp of Dan between Zora and Eshterol. What had happened is after Joshua died, the children of Israel had started to backslide. They had started to go back into to idolatry and doing the things of the nations that were around them. But at times during the book of Judges, God would send particular people to try and deliver them from the oppression due to their own foolishness. God would have never let the Philistines win if Israel had just stayed true to him. But he was so merciful. Every time they got into trouble and were under oppression, he sent them a champion. He sent them someone who was going to be used to deliver them. And Samson was one of these people. In Judges 14, 5, it says, Then went Samson down and his father and mother to Timnath and came to the vineyards of Timnath. And behold, a young lion roared against him. Bible says in Genesis that the Satan goes round like what a lion seeking to devour those he may. And the spirit of the Lord came mightily upon him and he rent him as he would have rent a kid. He just tore him up. <laughs> no trouble, no mess, no muss, just did with that lion as he pleased because the spirit of the Lord was upon him. I tell you, that's something that we should, we should really always be asking God. Lord, let me be a ready vessel. Let me be a ready vessel so that you can use me. That when, the, when some, suddenly some roaring lion comes out, I'm ready. I don't have to go, go run and pray. I can say, I can speak to that thing. I told you the story of my father when he, when he was a young man. He was one night coming home from, from the church, and he was going down this dark alley, and he said two Doberman pinchers, two big, huge guard dogs, started attacking him. They came charging down. He had nowhere to run. It was so fast. All he said was, in Jesus' name. And you know what? Those two dogs came. He said they came and s- sat at his feet they just came up they stopped running and came and sat at his feet at the name of jesus every knee shall bow every tongue confess whether they be on the earth in the earth or two dogs (laughs) i'm telling you we are not using our subscription You know, we, we, Jesus paid for it It was a free gift and we're not using it. Every time something happens, we, we run away. I'm not saying don't call pastor, but do you know you are supposed to have the spirit in you? You can say in Jesus name too. It's okay to ask people to pray, but you know, you need to do like, what was his name? Elisha. I'm going to see if this thing works. I saw Elijah go up. He promised me that if I saw him go up, I was going to get his man. I'm going to try this out. I'm going to try it. He came to Jericho and he says, I'm going to try this out. And he smoked the thing. You know, you got to try it out for yourself. Sometimes pastor will not be in communication. Maybe pastor will be in Colorado. (laughs) The Holy Spirit, God has paid for it. You didn't pay for it. So it's time for us to start using it. The Spirit of... But in the Old Testament, it wasn't like it was now. The Spirit of the Lord would not be permanently indwelling. But because Samson up to that point was a ready vessel, it was almost like it was because God didn't have to wait because he was always sanctified. He had not cut his hair. He had not ever touched a uh, um, strong drink. He had kept his life a certain way. Under the law. And so God didn't have to wait to get him prettied up. He could move on him at any time. The Spirit of the Lord came mightily. And he tore up a lion. You see, this thing that is called the Holy Spirit, God had always designed us to have it. Did you know that? That is what he designed and it comes from his breath. Amen. In Genesis 2, 7, the Lord God formed man of the dust of the earth dust of the ground, and breathe into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living soul. Now, I don't know if you, I remember when I, I went through two periods in my life when I decided I was going to get fit, and the first time was probably in my early 40s, and by that time I was probably the same I am now, (laughs) and uh, I was probably, you know, up there 220 something, so And I determined I was going to do something about it. So I was out uh, on a job far away, and it just so happened that I had my family with me. And I woke up one morning, and said, I'm going to go run around that hill. And it was very hard at first. And they thought maybe he was going to do it one day and quit. But I persisted, and I persisted every day. And my children would go out there, and they'd sit and watch me. (laughs) They wouldn't run with me. They would sit and watch me. And and what is he doing? <laughs> but I kept it. And it actually worked. After about two or three months, I had lost probably 30 pounds, and I got as fit as I ever had, you know? I got as fit. But the reason why I'm telling you this story, the first few times when you, 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 you can see you still got maybe a quarter mile to go, and the breath is starting to get tight in your chest. <laughs> but you have to push through. You have to push through. And then you get the second breath. God was showing something that for the first time, he only had to do it once. But the second time, he had to do it twice. You understand, he has left us little breadcrumbs throughout scripture to show this. I'm going to show you one of the breadcrumbs. He took Ezekiel to a valley of dry bones. And he started to ask Ezekiel some questions. And caused me to pass by them round about, and behold, there were very many in the open valley, and to lo, they were very dry. Some of the things we're facing look impossible. It's a dead situation. It looks like nothing can help. But it's going to take two breaths, that's what it is. And he said to me, Son of man, can these bones live? Can this situation be fixed? Can we be, can we be, the doctor said it's stage four cancer. The doctor said, you've only got so-and-so to live. The mortgage company said, we're going to evict you. (laughs) You know, I've been through certain things. So I know what the Lord can do. Ezekiel said, you know, I'm only flesh. You're God. He said, oh Lord, thou knowest. Again, he said to me, prophesy, speak. That's what I was telling them. My dad couldn't call the pastor and said, there's some dogs about to jump on me. (laughs) You got to speak to your situation. Is that what Jesus said? Speak to your mountain. Speak to your mountain. It's okay to call the pastor, but sometimes you won't have time. You're going to have to speak to your situation. Prophesy upon these bones. Now, Ezekiel could have said, well, you're God, you do it. But what did God say? You do it. You do it. You are my vessel. Isn't that why I called you? To be a prophet? Prophesy, prophet. (laughs) (laughs) Prophesy upon these bones and say unto them, O ye dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus saith the Lord unto these bones, Behold, I will cause breath to enter into you, and ye shall live. Again, this was a symbol of the Holy Spirit. So only the Holy Spirit can bring back dead, dead situations, can put life in us. And I will lay sinews upon you, and will bring up flesh upon you, and cover you with skin, and put breath in you, and ye shall live. And ye shall know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied. As I was commanding and as I prophesied, what happened? There was a noise. When the Spirit comes, there will be a noise. There will be a wind. There will be a sound. It's not going to be nothing. You're going to hear it. Isn't that what Jesus told Nicodemus? That's why he said, listen, you're a master of Israel. You have studied all these scriptures and you don't know it. You don't understand So I prophesied as I was commanded. And as I prophesied, there was a noise. People don't understand our worship, but there is going to be a noise. There's going to be some noise. There's going to be, if you don't like noise, you're not going to like heaven. Because the angels cease day and night saying, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God almighty. I'm sorry, our God is a consuming fire. And fire crackles. <laughs> you never seen a silent fire, have you? No. Maybe some of these artificial gas fires, but you put some wood on there, you hear it crackle. And behold, a shaking, and the bones came together, bone to his bone. Amen. That was p- part one. That was the first, first breath. You know, that was like me running, but I still haven't got to the end yet, and I have to push through. Amen. And so he had to prophesy again, and then something happened. Let's look at that. And behold, when I, lo, the sinews and the flesh came upon them, and the skin covered them, but there was no breath in them. The first breath brought fleshly life. It's the second breath that brings spiritual life. Then he said unto me, prophesy unto the wind, prophesy, son of man, and say to the wind... To the wind, remember what Jesus said? The wind, the wind. Thus saith the Lord God, come up from the four winds, O breathe, and breathe, O breath, and breathe upon these slain, that they may live. That's what we need when we're down. We need the Holy Spirit to breathe upon us. A fresh wind, a renewal. So I prophesied as he commanded me, and breath came into them, and they lived, and stood up upon their feet, an exceeding great... You know what this is really also portraying? A resurrection. See, it's the spirit. Bible says if that same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead will dwell in your mortal bodies, this is what's going to happen. No grave is going to hold you down. The dead in Christ shall arise first, and then we that are alive and remain. You got to remain, you know that? It's not just being alive. You got to remain steadfast in his will. Amen. When you remain, shall be caught up together with them in the air. This was, God was showing, pre, prefiguring what his plan is. He was showing what it takes to come back to life. That we need his spirit. That we need his spirit. It's that second breath. And Jesus made it plain in the New Testament because this whole thing was repeated. See, God, when God wants us to know something, he doesn't put it in the Bible one time. He puts it many times so that no one can uh, get it mistaken. He puts the little breadcrumbs, the little clues many times. Before he left them, this whole thing was repeated again. This time it was Jesus that was doing the breathing. John 20, 22. After his resurrection... He gathers the disciples around and he's telling them, I want you to go now and wait in Jerusalem. Don't leave Jerusalem yet because something is going to happen. But symbolically, he prophesied on them. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said unto them, Receive ye the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost always comes with the wind of God. Amen. Acts 1.8, but ye shall receive power... After the Holy Ghost is come upon you, and he shall be witnesses, and that word is martyr, unto me, both in Jerusalem and all, in all Judea and in Samaria, unto the uttermost parts of the earth. That's what we're called to do. That's what the Holy Spirit, one of the things the Holy Spirit empowers us to do is to be witnesses. Is to be witnesses. Now what is the... What is the um, the, the, the steps to, to receiving that. Many people struggle. I did too with receiving the Holy Ghost. It took me nine years. Yes. I knew about it. I wanted it. But my perception of how it worked was a little bit twisted because I'd seen people manifest and I thought, well, I'm not going to do that. God, you're going to have to make me do that. <laughs> See people jump about and do all that thing. I said, okay. My attitude was this. That was my attitude. Okay, if this thing is real, come on. Float me up in the sky. Let me float. Do some strange thing. Let me see a a bright light strike me down. So my attitude was really not one of submission. It was one of really prove it to me you prove prove to me this thing is real because I've seen all these people and I don't want the one thing is I didn't want to be fake I did not want to be fake I wanted this whatever this was it had to be real so I was saying okay God you do it do your thing now let me see this happen and I did that for nine years and again God had to love me and when I say that it was some punishment He had to love me through punishment. And I was in a situation where I was going down the wrong path. I was 18 years old and going down the wrong path. And I remember, and I've told you this story before, my dad said, come here, son, I want to talk with you. And he took me in the car and we drove out somewhere and he parked and he said, you know, you're not being yourself. I want you to think back over this year and I want you to look at every decision you've made. And I was really fighting him in my spirit. Because the flesh wanted to do what the flesh wanted to do. But somehow through the mercy and the grace of God, something in my brain acknowledged and said, you know, Dad, you're right. I see certain decisions i made really wasn't me in my right mind. And at that point, I kind of repented. And he drove me back to the house and we went down into my bedroom. And my mother and him came and laid hands on me. And I wasn't praying for the Holy Ghost. I was praying repentance. I was acknowledging that I had done some things wrong. And I wasn't asking God to prove anything to me. I was just asking him for forgiveness. I wasn't in church. I was just in my bedroom, kneeling down. And if they hadn't been there, you wouldn't... I didn't jump around and run around. God fills us in according to our personality but I started speaking in tongues I didn't even realize I was doing that right there and then it wasn't because because I wasn't I didn't have the attitude you prove it to me I was there doing what the scripture says we have to do is repent is repent the process has to start with godly sorrow it's an acknowledgement of who we are and who he is This is in the modern translation. The promise to every hungry believer is you shall, and again, hungry. I really wanted God to forgive me. And his sign that he had forgiven me was his Holy Spirit. One of the evidence of receiving the Holy Ghost is speaking in tongues. Now, I will say that in our Pentecostal churches, we put too much stuff on the speaking in tongues. These signs... Is that a plural word or not it 's not these, this sign it 's these signs as soon as we speak in tongues, okay i 've got it that 's it i 'm done. What about the signs? They shall lay hands on the sick, and they sh- we shouldn 't stop until we get all of our subscription benefits. right? We get the first one and we say okay that 's great that 's it i 'm done. It says these signs. But what happens is once we speak in tongues, we stop the seeking. We stop the, 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 the longing for more. We're not using our subscription. It's got benefits. It's got other things apart from just the one thing. Mark 16, 16. Here's scripture if you don't believe me. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. But he that believeth not shall be damned. And these signs, signs, if you only feel you got the Holy Spirit, you're not making use of your subscription. Because you have signs. Shall follow them that believe. In my name shall they cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. That is one of the signs. But sometimes we just, we just concentrate on that and we leave all the other stuff. They shall take up serpents. Now that doesn't mean you go out there and look for deadly serpents. Or go in the middle of the road and say, I've got the Holy Spirit. I dare you to run over me. (laughs) You will get run over. (laughs) It says if, if. It's like when Peter was on that island and he put his hand and the snake jumped upon him. He wasn't looking for the snake. But if, if. They shall take up so that if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. The truth is, most of us are not using our full subscription. We're not using what all the gifts that God, we stop. But imagine if we, imagine if, if all the gifts were really being used, you know, a healing, laying of hands, uh, uh, wisdom. There's so many gifts that come with it. And it's like we we don't really use them or take them all up fully. So back to the scripture I started with, which you read. Verily, you notice it said Jesus answered. There was a question in his mind that he hadn't said. He had come to Jesus doing what? Wanting to see who this man was that he had heard so much. He had questions. And Jesus answered him before he spoke it. It was in his mind. I said to thee, except a man be born... If you strip away everything else that we teach, this is our core doctrine. You can't remove this part. You have to be born of the water and of the Spirit. Now, I didn't say that. He said he cannot enter the kingdom of God. You cannot enter the kingdom. That means you are not going to be in the rapture. Now, I'm not saying that means you're going to hell, but you're not going into the heavenly kingdom. Amen? Now, the, to show how important this was, Jesus himself subjected himself to baptism. If it wasn't that important in a lot of churches, I, I got to understand, and it shocked me the other day, well, it's been a few years now, that the Baptists don't necessarily think baptism is essential. I don't understand. That's their name, Baptists. <laughs> how can you call yourself Baptist and you don't think it's essential? It's just an outward symbol of an inward change but that's not the case that's not the case paul peter on the day of pentecost said be baptized for for that means there is a purpose he didn't say baptized for a symbol of an inner change he said baptized for the remission the taking away the cleansing of your the water baptism is for the flesh the spirit baptism is for the soul you understand there's two parts and both of them are the one baptism. We see that no one made it from Egypt to the promised land without being baptized. I think that's in uh, Corinthians 10. Paul makes the point that they were all baptized. You know, that's why Jesus God led them to the Red Sea. He could have made them go around the sea and come up in the easy way. He led them to the Red Sea so that no one, no one, not one got out of Egypt. Without being baptized. They had to go down into the water. Water on all sides. And then the cloud which is made up of what? Above them. They were baptized. And then he did it again. Because there were some children that were born in the desert. That had never been through that experience. So the last they had to cross the Jordan. And here's the miracle. Well it's not a miracle because God plans these things. That's where John went. To baptize If you read it carefully, the same spot that Israel was baptized, uh, the, those who had never been baptized, so to speak, crossed the Jordan is where John went to hold his baptism. It was where John went, and that's where Jesus went to be baptized. Now John recognized who Jesus was and said, "Wait a minute, you know, I know you don't need to be baptized because you don't have no sins to be remitted." in other words what did jesus tell him suffer it to be so in other words let it to be so to fulfill all righteousness it was an example so if jesus had to be baptized what he was doing was showing us an example many things that jesus did he did not have to do it but he did it as an example he prayed as an example that's why he prayed as an example he did things as an example. He walked about. He could have just teleported. But we can't do that. So he walked about. He, would, he refused to, to take the easy way. He could have made the stone bread. But that's not a normal thing that we do. So he did it so that he was in all points. Tempted. Such as we are. Yet without sin. I'm only halfway through this. <laughs> I've only got Ten minutes amen he was our example and jesus went he was baptized went straight up way out the water and again now the symbol of the holy spirit filling someone came not that jesus needed to be filled because he was this comforter but he did this symbol of the dove coming down to show what happens the water and the spirit it was an example that's what he was telling uh, john and so john wasn't john didn't want to baptize him john said listen you should be baptizing me and he said that's okay we we're going to do this to fulfill scripture and f- fulfill all righteousness so he did it as an example and as he came up out the water what happened because there's always something i told yes but there was the sound <laughs> there was a sound A voice, a sound. Remember that's what I said comes with the Holy Spirit. There was a sound. This is my beloved son in whom I am. If God can say that about us, there'd be no stopping us. There'd be no, no battle we couldn't face. No challenge that we couldn't overcome. This is my beloved son i just want to do this other the the obstacles to receiving the holy spirit some people like me have a lot of trouble because either we come to it with a with with analytical logic well it's got to be this way it's got to be in this manner i got to do this before i'm ready people say well pastor i'll come to church in a few weeks i got to do some stuff first you can't do some stuff first it's a gift if there were conditions with the gift Then, you know, then we would never get it because we could never, ever meet the conditions. Here are some of the things. Doubt. Some people look at it and, man, that's crazy behavior. Some people have fear. There was a young lady here and she's not in here today, but not in this room today. And, And she stopped coming for a little while. And the reason was she was afraid of getting the Holy Spirit. It was, it was a bit scary to her because she, she started to feel that presence. And sometimes it's pride. Sometimes it's pride. And sometimes it's a love of the world. It's a love of the world. They don't want to give up. We don't want to give up some things. And the reason is because we haven't gotten the vision. I tell you, if God gave us a vision of heaven, even if for 10 seconds, most of what we're worrying about would mean nothing. Imagine if you could get a glimpse of him just for 10 seconds. See, I think that's what carried Paul the rest of his life. About 14 years into his ministry, they stoned him and left him for dead. And the Bible said he had a vision of heaven. He says, whether in the body or not, he said, I was caught up into the third heaven. And I saw things that couldn't even be put into words. He saw the glory of heaven. He saw what the ultimate goal of this journey is. And if we could see that today the only way you can see that is by faith. You have to believe it even though the Bible says I hath not seen, ear hath not heard what God has got prepared. Do you love him today? If you love him don't give up. If you have not experienced this gift don't give up. What you have to do is come to that realization on these steps. And I, I am finishing, but there's a step. There's First, you have to believe. And they said, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, thou shalt be saved in thy house. There is no salvation outside of this name, for there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. The second step is repentance. Turning around, not just asking for forgiveness... Or not just crying because your gut caught. If we confess our sins, he is faithful. Sister Tanya spoke about that. He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all. Let's say all. All All unrighteousness. And then the third step is water baptism. The remission of those sins. And then that's happened in, in Cornelius. And of course... That is the, the, some of the steps. And then the Bible says if we have done that and come to him with a pure heart and desirous of him, he will. It's not something that he's trying to take from us. Amen? It's not something that he wants to take away from us. If you could all stand with me. Amen. Hallelujah. We're closing this portion of the service for the, the streaming broadcast. Father, we just thank you for your goodness and your grace. The most important gift you have ever given of your spirit lord we know that cost you on calvary lord we just appreciate we love today lord pour down your blessing upon us oh god that that sound that will come that will say this is my beloved sons and daughters in whom i'm well pleased we thank you today for your goodness and your grace in jesus name